Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here to start another week. And joining me today is a good friend of mine, a man that I haven't seen for quite a while, but also a friend of the show from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, J.R. Radcliffe. J.R., it's been far too long since we've spoke, and I messaged you approximately 12 minutes ago, which is generally how uh-huh. I end this show, and here we are. Yes, it is. Uh, it is definitely going to be a fly by the seat of our pants sort of uh, sort of time. But Kane, it is so good to see you, regardless of the circumstances. It has been it has been far too long. See, I, the the local basketball team has done some stuff since we last chatted. Uh, the baseball team's really good. Everything. It's kind of great to be in Milwaukee. I wish you were here. I wish you were here to celebrate with us. Okay, that'd be great. Well, I think last time we spoke, uh, like most Bucks fans, we were just uh, trying to be a little bit optimistic about what could potentially happen in the in the bubble playoffs. Nobody knew whether Giannis was going to still be here. So, hey, things have changed a lot. Uh, we're going to be a little bit silly tonight, I think. I don't really know where this conversation is going to go. Obviously, we haven't planned this um, before we dive into it. Uh, I will say today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. But you did mention the fact that the Bucks have done some stuff since last time we spoke. I haven't really spoken to you personally about what that period was like for you. Did you get to some of the playoff games? What was your work schedule like? I know, you know, like most people, you're working, but you're also probably trying to soak up the atmosphere of the city. Uh, Were you at those games? Fill us in. I wish I had been. Typically, I I would have been. I've been in past years, but kind of just the way COVID played out, it wasn't a lot of value to having more writers there because everything was over Zoom anyway. That wasn't the case at the very end, but... Uh, I, I started doing for the Journal Sentinel our live blogs uh, starting in the Eastern Conference Finals. So just the, the games against Atlanta and then, of course, the finals games against Phoenix. Uh, so I was just like, you know, doing live updates, chatting with people, a lot of people getting hysterical very early on and then uh, getting very excited. It was, uh, it was a nice little emotional journey each and every game. Um, so, uh, so I was following very closely the night that they, they won the NBA Finals. I was downtown Milwaukee. Just a few uh, stones throw from Pfizer Forum and uh, stayed in the office for a little while after, you know, just because I was a little afraid to walk to my car. But uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was great. You know, I often t- say to people when I, when I cover stuff, you know, like, I, I, you know, I'm, I don't hide the fact that I'm from Wisconsin. I, I've been a fan of these teams for a long, long time. You know, the job I have, I don't have to, I guess, really completely cut that out of me. But there is a compartmentalization that goes on when you're, when you're covering it, quote unquote, even if it's just me sitting at home doing live updates because there's just a greater objective slant to it. So I do wish, as, as I've said this to people before, that I could have covered it and also experienced it as a fan. You know, been living and dying with every moment the way that, you know, I would have physically been if it had been, you know, the way actually that I was for the Nets series when I wasn't doing the live blogging. <laughs> that was a, you know, that was a very emotional seventh game for me. 
Uh, and then I kind of turned that part of me off to do some of this other stuff. So I uh, wish I could experience it sort of with the duality, but um, just such a special, such a special time. Wisconsin sports fans are trained probably like a lot of long suffering fan bases to think that everything's going to go wrong. And this Bucks team wasn't, wasn't the clear obvious choice to win it because, because the Nets, because the, the, the Suns, because I mean, there were two teams in the East technically with the 76ers that were, that were seated ahead of them. Like they needed some things to go right. They obviously needed the injury thing with Giannis to go right. It just everything for the first time, it was watching a team that honestly, like they just were so hard to kill. Like it felt like that you couldn't put them away. They went down 2-0 twice in the postseason and, and rallied back both times. It just, it just felt like everything was, was going to go their way for once. And uh, it was, a, it was pretty special to see the celebration afterwards was really special. Giannis and his brother, you know, talking to his brother and seeing his kid. Like that was, that was, that was unforgettable stuff. That's stuff that'll stay with me for the rest of my life. Yeah. I don't think you're alone there. And I would say, and we've said this a couple of times probably here on the show, but I don't think the Bucks moving forward, this group specifically, is going to be able to find themselves in a position where they don't think that they can come back and win now. I mean, they really went through it all on that playoff run. The question I do have for you, though, is, and this is the reason why I love your work and love reading your stories, the stories you chase up. So you spoke about it. You were kind of on the streets a little bit uh, with some of the fans, Bucks fans, and I don't know whether to call them fans, but Bucks fans, Wisconsin sports celebrities certainly lived up to the hype uh, in terms of their beer drinking, their shirt tearing, all those types of things. Was there a story or something, an interaction, anything that, that stands out to you or you remember specifically or was something fun that was uh, perhaps, perhaps different? I'm not sure if, if you got those experiences this year. I mean, we, we, we did. Chance the Rapper, who's a Chicago guy, was showing up to games and that's... That's unusual. I mean, it was it was weird enough when Gucci Mane showed up for that 2019 <laughs> run. You know, Gucci Mane's from Atlanta. I mean, like, what what is Gucci Mane doing here? It turns out it was sort of a, a bet with Drake, but he was back. Like, he was back for this postseason, and, and the Atlanta Hawks were one of their main you know main competitors. But he was supporting the Bucks, and um, you, you know, you, we don't get that sort of thing here. You know, like David Bakhtiari on the Jumbotron is cool, but he's a Green Bay Packer. Like, the Green Bay Packers are going to turn out. The Milwaukee Brewers are going to turn out. They're I don't want to say it's expected, but it, it rings differently when you suddenly have like national people. I mean, what a trip to think that Drake and Kanye would drop albums and, and mention, mention the star player, both of them, both of them, they hate each other apparently. And they're, uh, they're both mentioning Giannis on their <laughs> albums. Like that's pop culture stuff that, that Milwaukee sports fans don't, you know, <laughs> that we'll never get used to because it's just so weird. So I, I love the chance the rapper went to multiple games and was like, yeah, I'll write a song about the Bucks. I don't think he really understood what was going on. It didn't strike me that he was like too deep a basketball fan, but he came back. He came back for more games. So um, JJ Watt was in the house too. That was that was pretty good stuff. He's he's of course a local boy, so that's uh, not not quite the same bucket. But uh, yeah, it was nice. It was nice to be the center of the sports universe for 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 a change. It was it was a cool vibe. Cheryl Crow, of course. Uh, oh, of course, a, Cheryl a lot Crow. of attention. A lot of attention. If you can, if if it makes you happy, is an absolute banger. Like I know that's probably the cliche thing to say. I don't love a lot of Sheryl Crow songs, but like that song is is incredible. So uh, very happy to see that being part of the lexicon again here, at, le- at least locally. So I, th- again, this just came to my mind because this is something I was thinking about, and you made me think about it. So Dwight Howard, right? I, I don't know how you feel about this. Um, this is completely irrelevant. We've already gone off the rails here on this episode. That's fine. It's a, it's a perfect way to start the week. Dwight Howard. So Philadelphia lose to Atlanta in the second round. 
embarrassing. We all love it. You know, there's, there's, there's nothing better than that. And we're going to get back to the Sixers a little bit later on in this show. But then a few nights later, Dwight Howard is sitting in the front row for the Eastern Conference Finals in Atlanta for Bucks and Hawks. Is that embarrassing? That man should be too embarrassed to go and sit in the front row against the Hawks, right? Or am I being too harsh? You know, there are a few athletes that just, their wiring is so different that you honestly can't really predict what they're going to do. The Brewers had a pitcher named Zach Greinke. Hmm. One of those guys, just like every interview is fascinating. You've no idea what he's going to say. I think Joey Votto's like that, a Reds player. I don't know if there are quite as many guys that you would put in sort of that screwball category in the NBA, but like Dwight Howard, legitimately, I don't know what to expect from Dwight Howard. Little little Ron Artest in him, right? Mm. Like he might, uh, you know, he might be your best friend and, and buy your dinner and stuff, or he might punch you in the face. I don't know. So I put Dwight Howard in a category where if he wants to like sit courtside, yeah, I, if I'm a Sixers fan, I'm embarrassed, but I just think, <laughs> it's, I just think that's Dwight Howard being – being a weird guy, you know, maybe just he just wanted to catch some basketball. He didn't wasn't ready to let the season go. Maybe. Well, he did leave, so maybe he actually just didn't give a shit. But he, I, I, <laughs> right. and I think he's from Atlanta, actually. To be fair, so he was probably just home and something to do. Why not? If you can get front row seats, then I, I guess uh, good for you, man. But who who suggested that though? Well, who's like, hey, Dwight? I hear you're back in town. I got some tickets. Like that's not something. Uh, the friend, I don't know, man. That was Dwight's call. He wanted to go courtside for a little while. Yeah, Dwight. I heard the Hawks are pretty good at basketball. You, you seen them play recently? Yeah, we just <laughs> lost in Game Seven. Anyway, all right, Jr. You mentioned the Brooklyn series a little bit earlier in the show, and I would say you, like me, like many Bucks fans, were probably sweating a little bit, which is a perfect segue because we're going to talk about sweat block right now. And sweat block wipes specifically, the doctor created, doctor recommended sweat block wipes. They work for up to seven days per use and there's a dry shirt guarantee. If sweat block doesn't help keep you dry, you get your money back because we know there's a few things in life that just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's embarrassing. You, you, want, to, you want to find a way to stop that. So sweat block wipes, uh, very easy to use. Just uh, just apply them before you go to bed at night. Wake up the next morning, take a shower, head out the door, and you will be protected, as we said, for up to seven days as well. So, uh, you know, manufactured in the USA, bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years with over 13,000 reviews. Uh, the evidence is all there with sweat block wipes. So, if you or someone you love is dealing with this, just check out Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. And then what about our friends at Stat Hero? Did you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? Probably not for many of you that are listening to this because the game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time, you don't really stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero, it's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineup and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes, it's winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. Go to stathero.com slash locked on, sign up for free, and right now, you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on.
the Brewers, you mentioned the Brewers, and, and this is, we can tie the Brewers and the Bucks together here because, first of all, Giannis, uh, part of the ownership group, so well, yeah, we yes. know the, the Bucks and the Brewers have that tie, but also we're starting to see that excitement around the city with the Brewers. I think that there was probably a, a period of time after the Bucks, and it was probably just those few weeks where it was still all about the Bucks, everyone celebrating, and now I think people have realized Okay, it's time to lock into the Brewers here. It's September. We're on the road to the postseason here. The Brewers are looking unbelievable. And there's just been this magical run for Wisconsin that people are starting to dream. Maybe it's the Brewers' time now. But today, this morning, Daniel Vogelback, who, by the way, a guy that I must admit, I'm an Oakland fan. I never really liked him. He was he was hitting home runs against the, the A's there for, for a few seasons going back uh, probably 2017, 2018. So... Never been, you know, a, a favorite of mine. But it's no surprise to me that he's a fan favorite in Milwaukee. So he hits this walk-off grand slam. People are loving it. And the thing that I saw when he first came to uh, the Brewers last season was that everyone's like, well, this is the type of guy that fans love. He's relatable. Doesn't look like a chiseled athlete, but he's out there smacking home runs and people are, people are fired up. Yeah, I think anytime you have, a, a large and in charge athlete like our guy Daniel Vogelbach. Uh, that is certainly a brand that I subscribe to. I am a big fan of the offensive and defensive linemen. If we're talking football, if if there is, I mean, it's the reason why I like Nikola Jokic, even though he's, mm-hmm. he doesn't really qualify as as a fat athlete. Like he's the closest thing you're going to get in the NBA. And uh, in baseball, if you're a big fat guy and you can hit home runs and you look like you belong in the beer drinking masses of Wisconsin, of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and you hit a walk off grand slam. The love is going to be pouring down on you. And Rowdy Telez, who's basically the mm-hmm. same player, uh, another big big fella, had the last walk-off for, a brewer, for the Brewers like basically a month ago. So it's been a really good season for, for the large athletes in, in, in Brewersville. Um, Vogelbach has not had a good year. He's been sidelined by injury for the most part. So this is also a little bit of a comeback story. Wasn't even fully clear that he would actually play anymore with the Brewers. Like Telez kind of took his spot. So uh, – they needed rosters to expand before they even had a chance to get him back up there. He kind of had a little injury setback. So that you add that to it. That's not what people are really thinking about. They just, they just love their big, uh, their big portly fellas. And, uh, and that was, that was a really great moment. Um, my colleague, Kurt Hogue had, had a tweet that I loved when the last time the Brewers had a walk-off grand slam was 2008 in the middle of one of the most memorable, uh, probably the most memorable week of, of Brewers for a lot of Brewers fans in history for them, because that was their, they run back to the postseason for the first time in a quarter century. And Ryan Braun, as he's rounding third, like lifts up his shirt and you can see there's a picture of it and you can see his like chiseled six pack. I mean, he's a, he's a world-class athlete and, and how unfortunate it was that Dan Vogelbach didn't do the same thing as he was rounding third base. That would have been, that would have been awesome. Uh, we did not get that, but uh, I was just having a conversation trying to, you know, to bring it back to the bucks a little bit, why it was that Bobby Portis caught on the way he did to have like fan favorites like that, you gotta have a good team. That's obviously the first and first thing. You know, there've been plenty of blue collar athletes in Milwaukee for some bad teams. Like those guys aren't buying drinks for you know they're they're still paying for their drinks if they come back. You know because people don't remember them that way. Portis is like so different. You know he's so he's so he's humble, not flashy. You know not like a guy who likes to give witty quote, quotes in the media or whatever. He's not, he's not large. He's not, he doesn't have like any physical characteristics that really set him apart outside of his big googly eyes, which I think actually do, does have something to do with it. Um, just an interesting little, like, you know, sort of, sort of love affair with the city of Milwaukee. They, 
the blue collar thing is a big deal. But uh, like I said, there's a lot of blue collar athletes. I think it was just a pension for stepping up at the big times for a, for a team that obviously went on a historic run and, and there it is. But, uh, but, uh, but yeah, if you're, if you're a big guy and you're hitting, hitting bombs, that's going to work in this town. That works for sure. Well, I, I can't remember the first time that I watched the Brewers, but obviously been watching the Bucks for a long time. And, and I, so I, I don't specifically know which season this was, but the Brewers were, were on fire there one season when I was here in Australia, just a young fellow again. There was a lot of games on TV, so I was getting caught up. It was my first time really watching the Brewers. And Prince Fielder was the man that was out there that was smacking home runs everywhere. People yeah, loved buddy. him. He was obviously great. And, and so, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that I, I think for the reason... And it's different with basketball. It's different in baseball, as you said. But anytime you can have a relatable pro sports star for anyway, I think you find an attachment to them. And you pointed to the to the fact that I think basketball, from a from a physical standpoint, and it's you know it's not being judgmental. It's just what it is. Basketball athletes are less likely uh, to not be uh, supremely fit looking athletes. Yeah. Let's just say they're that. Greek gods. They're six six at minimum. You know, right. like they, right. they tower over people. Absolutely. So. You never really, I can't ever really go up to a basketball player and, and be like, oh my God, there's a little, look at this guy. He looks kind of like me because they do not. So right. the personality thing is interesting. And I, I think the Bucks in general, they've been pretty big on this, JR, since, since John Horst came in, certainly since Bud came in, the types of players that they've brought in. And, and not only the, the guys that they've drafted, but the veterans that they've brought in, there hasn't been one asshole. And and they've basically said that. And Chris Milton, I think, was the player who said that there's no asshole policy in the locker room. And and I think that does make them a little bit relatable. You also think about the family aspect. And I always talk about Giannis as being one of the most relatable superstars in the game. And I always say, well, let's be honest. When we say relatable, he's he's just signed a two hundred plus million dollar contract. He's a seven footer. There's actually nothing relatable. But in terms of his desire to play basketball and go home and hang out with the family. I think that's what most people want to do after work, isn't it? Absolutely. He is, I mean, I've just said this so many times, so many different ways, but the, the, the fortune that the Milwaukee Bucks have experienced in, in bringing Giannis here, I mean, I, I, I don't want to keep bringing everything back to baseball, but if, if there's, there's a process where, where a lot of, uh, younger players, teenage players are brought in from Latin American countries and they're, they come stateside and, and there's a pretty high rate of guys who just don't make it. It's partially because the, the level of baseball is what it is and it's hard to adjust physically into baseball, but also the, the, the language and the, and the cultural barriers and things like that. And that's just in the minor leagues where the spotlight is turned off. That's really, it's just really hard to be a player who comes over at a young age and succeeds and, and you're not even expected to succeed until you're, you know, 24, 25 years old. So they got that from Giannis and got him to, to you know, be an 18, 19-year-old player on an NBA roster. He, he, you know, he swam, he didn't sink, and then he obviously got much, much better. There's no way they could have possibly known that he would, A, be the type of player who's capable of making those adjustments, B, was the type of player capable of getting better, C, obviously, turning into a superstar. No one could have foreseen that. But, like, every quote he gives now is, like, Aristotle-level philosophy. <laughs> And, and it's, it's endearing. I mean, he's driving through Chick-fil-A, which is like, like you can't engineer that level of brilliant marketing in a lab. You know, that's just something he wanted to do because he's having fun and he's a, he's, he understands social media. He understands the right thing to say without being cliche. And I think it just, it just all comes naturally. Like he's not manufactured in any way, which, I, which comes across. 
I, I, there's just no way to have, have created that perfection in, in, in a human, like not to lionize him too much. Can you pray to God that he doesn't make a major misstep down the line or we find, you know, like that we find out something that isn't endearing about him, but, but just the, the level of emotional intelligence and straight up intelligence and, and just his ability to make those adjustments as, as a foreigner, a young foreign teenager brought to this country, thrown, you know, like fish out of water and to have him develop at age 26 into somebody with some very interesting and mature things to say. There's just no predicting that there's, there's no way to have, to have manufactured that. And you hear him even at these, the press conference where he became part of the Brewers ownership team. Like the guy just, the guy just gets it on every, every level. And it, and it, that is endearing. It, it, it is, it does make him relatable because you just, you listen to him talk. You just want to hang out with him, even though he's a seven footer who can dunk and run like the wind, you know, like you, you just, you just love the guy, and uh, right now his Q score couldn't be higher. He would absolutely win a. The, the mayor of Milwaukee, by the way, is going to. He, he's he's going to become the uh, the ambassador to Luxembourg now. So uh, <laughs> uh, they're going to have a at some point in the next couple of years. We're going to have a new mayor, and Giannis, if he decides wants to duck, duck out of the basketball thing, dude, dude would get votes. He would get votes in this town. That's for sure. He's much beloved at this point. He would, and from a family point of view, obviously we know, you know, Giannis is uh, Liam's becoming a little mini celebrity uh, in the uh-huh. town. I would say he's around, he's growing up now, which is, which is, it's. I don't know if it's weird to say, but it's kind of fun to see. I mean, you see this with these superstars that are around the city, around the team, and and the kids become a part of it. Obviously, Steph Curry similar um, in in Oakland, San Francisco, but the other two stars, Chris Milton, Drew Holiday, very similar quiet guys they like to hang out with their family and i think that that's why the bucks have become such a likable team you know the funny thing to me about this is we always spoke about the bucks and said are they tough enough do they need a little bit of an edge as a team they brought in bobby porter who you already mentioned he's he's got that edge he's got that edge on the floor i think that's been huge for the bucks group um drew holiday is is a hard ass in different ways but it's funny that the only guy that the bucks have brought in that i would say doesn't fit the uh, the personality of of quiet, uh, go straight home, is PJ Tucker. Now he's not here anymore, but if you're <laughs> following PJ Tucker on Instagram, he's he's in Venice at fashion festivals. He's hanging out with all these celebrities. I actually don't know if PJ Tucker is going to make it back to America for the start of the season. He might, <laughs> and this might affect it into the calculations when they didn't bring him back. I, you know, I guess I haven't even thought of it that way, but you're absolutely right. He is unlike anyone else on that roster, and that isn't a bad thing. They, no. they needed that. They were able to import that at the right time of the season. You know, to have him there for the postseason was, was, was massive for them, no questions asked. I, I, I don't know if it necessarily, you know, I think they just decided they probably had gotten every, uh, you know, everything out of that orange that they could get given, given where he is in his career, and, and maybe that is the type of player that you can – sort of find out there on short notice like pat bev is you'd be available late in a season right like you could get a guy like that to fill that particular niche if you feel you need it um i don't know like you definitely don't get the vibe that he was rubbing people the wrong way he fit in here but he is a completely different character you know driving around in a sports car in the winter with you know (laughs) with his with his like winter gear on and, and obviously the shoe collection is legendary and he is uh, he's, he's a very fun character. I'm very much glad that he was part of this. That picture of him with the champagne will live forever in Milwaukee sports lore. Uh, but, uh, it'll, it'll be a different vibe with him around, but you know, this team is also, they, they were really amazing without him. Like they were still one of the best teams in the NBA without him. And 
pretty clear. It doesn't matter what seed they get. It's going to be all about what happens when the postseason starts. So there will be time to make adjustments and find another P.J. Tucker if they absolutely have to. And, uh, yeah, that'll be the challenge John Horst faces as they get closer to the end of the next season. Look, you know how much I love Milwaukee. I love the city. It suits me. I can't wait to get back there at some point. But I think Miami is probably the lifestyle PJ Tucker's looking for over Milwaukee. I, I don't think that that's offensive to say. I think, it, I think no. Miami suits him. I completely agree with you. It's, it's right. It's not something he's going to complain about. It's totally fair. Like, you know what? He, he's at a stage in his career, if he wants, you know, no problem being a hired gun to just come in and, like, help, help a team in a nice weather place to, to get to the get to next level. Like, sure, he should, he should get to do that. He's got his ring. Uh, he can do whatever he wants. And, uh, the, I, yeah, like, I do think the Bucks will, will be fine. PJ is going to love it in Miami for sure. And, uh, and I do think the Bucks will ultimately, uh, you know, if, if they find that they're missing that edge, they'll find it somewhere. They'll find somebody to get that for them. And uh, legends in the city forever. Brent Forbes the same. He goes back to San Antonio <laughs> now, but uh, both of those guys made great contributions. And I think that's the fun thing that, you know, Bucks fans haven't been able to experience. But when you have a championship team, all those guys, you know, whether they were role players, whatever, um, there's always going to be stories. And like you said, the performance at the parade, uh, let's just say there's no hard feelings with PJ Tucker. Certainly, uh, I wouldn't imagine there would be. Now, how many guys leave San Antonio to get a ring and then come back to San <laughs> <Milwaukee>. Antonio. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not a career tra- trajectory anyone could have predicted at the beginning of this century. What a wild turn of events for Bryn Forbes. Legendary, all-time buck, Bryn Forbes, who played one season. But, you, think uh, he, you, you think he's going back to Pop and saying, listen, I just had to go to a real franchise and see how they do things <laughs> in the postseason. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's definitely a good way to get minutes from Greg Popovich is to, uh, is to disparage him in any way, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, good for him. Like, th- those guys are going to live forever. Like, Milwaukee doesn't have experience with championships in my lifetime or most lifetimes. And uh, it's, it's funny, these guys, like, P.J. Tucker will be a Milwaukee Buck in the hearts of Milwaukee fans forever. And he was here for, uh, what was it? Was it three months? Four months, I guess? Like, he was, he was barely here. But that's the way it goes when you win a title. You're etched into stone, pretty much. So uh, it's, a, it's a good way to live if you can do it that way. JR, I'm not sure... If you're a car expert or a, a home mechanic, not sure. But with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and then wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So save time and money with Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. It just doesn't make sense. Here's an example for you. The Honda Odyssey fuel pump, 353 bucks from a chain store, 216 bucks at rockauto.com. You do the math. Uh, my quick math tells me that's 137 bucks cheaper. That sounds pretty good to me. So you can go and explore the easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com i want to move to a story i saw on twitter jr and and i'm pleased i love twitter i am just i'm pleased that you i met, brought this up you haven't heard this you're going to be hearing this for the first time which i'm which i'm very excited about uh, our friend Seth Partnow uh, brought this to my attention 
on Twitter. It comes from Raheem Palmer, who uh, evidently works for the Action Network. So uh, this all relates back to the Bucks and Sixers game, the Bucks and Sixers game, where Eric Bledsoe, most violent act uh, in the history of the world, when he yeah. launched the ball at Embiid's head. So here comes the story from Raheem. It's a bit of a thread here, so it'll take me a little bit. But he says, "I have a, a whole book of I have I have a whole book full of stories I could write about things I've experienced as a sport better." And then he goes back in 2019. I went to Sugar House to place a bet on the Milwaukee Bucks during their Thursday, April 4th game against the 76ers on TNT. The Bucks were laying five. I was supposed to place my bet and then leave, but decided to watch the first quarter. Two minutes into the game, Eric Bledsoe is ejected. I realize I might need to stay to bet the second half. Anyways, I end up staying to watch the whole game. The bet wins. The Bucks did win that game, as we will remember. He says, when I get outside, the parking lot is on fire. Uh, he sees a friend or someone out there, and he says to me, I hope you didn't park back there. I start laughing. Turns out someone parked directly next to me, and their car exploded and burned seven other cars. It made the news. So yeah, that five hundred to one thousand dollar bet I had on the Milwaukee Bucks ended up costing me a car. It's still oh. wild to me. I always think of what would have happened if the game ended a few minutes earlier, or what if I was there when the the dude's car exploded. Anyways, God and the universe has my back, and it's just another layer to a fantastic night in Milwaukee Bucks uh, sports history. This guy's still alive. That's a great news story in itself. If Eric Bledsoe didn't get ejected, maybe this guy walks out to the car, and it's it's a terrible ending. The most violent act we've seen in years might actually have saved a dude's life. Um, that is a twist I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see coming. Um, man, Eric Bledsoe. I, I'm trying to think. What Eric Bledsoe's legacy in Milwaukee is complicated. You know, like he was good for a while, and, and they did go to another level with him here. But uh, is it going to just boil down to this play, the the most violent act I've seen in years? And I don't know, like a a trade for Drew Holiday? Like, that's kind of it, right? That's what we're left with with, with Eric Bledsoe? I, I'll always like Eric Bledsoe. I always want him to have success. I, I did feel, you know, bad for him when, when he moved on. And, yeah, he was bad last season. But I, I don't blame him for being bad last season. He went from this Bucks team that was contending to a Pelicans team that was no good at all. Clearly, no one was happy with the coach. It was just a terrible situation. So both yeah. him and George Hill, I never sat there and said, yeah, I've, I'm going to be critical of you for being a little bit salty about being traded from the Bucks. If you're Milwaukee, it's a no-brainer trade. You pick up Drew Holiday. But for those two guys, yeah, that that that's awful. George Hill ended up on the Oklahoma City Thunder after being on a team that had the best record in the NBA. I'd be a little bit pissed off about that as well. And I'm also, you know, I, I do think about guys like George Hill who, you know, missed out on the championship. Now he's back here. But all those teammates that he had two years ago are now champions. How does he feel about that? There has to be inside you a little bit of jealousy for sure. He did the Bryn Forbes in reverse. He <laughs> yes. left, missed out on the championship and now he's coming back. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that can't be easy. That's going to be a running joke. You know that they're going to like, I'll bring their rings one day. And he's just going to be like, hey, guys, like what's going on? You know, in baseball, sometimes they are – they're extra charitable with their rings. Like they give them to just, just everybody in the front office. Like sometimes I, I know when I interviewed a guy, Dale Swain, former Brewers manager, he got a ring with the Cubs. He was not the manager, but he had been previously the manager and, and like had kind of ushered them through a period where some of the younger players were just kind of coming of age and, and becoming good players. He gets fired. Joe Madden replaces him, but, but they, 
think actually Rick Renneria replaced him. I don't remember. But Dale Swain got a ring. Like, they, they charitably gave him one for his contributions to the franchise. I feel like if the Bucks, the Bucks owners, <laughs> thinking of the Bucks owners as charitable is something that I'm not sure I'm prepared <laughs> to do, but they, maybe they could be like, George, George, we got so much better with you here, and then we brought you back. Like, you know, maybe, or maybe Bryn Forbes, we could just cut his in half and give half to George. I don't know. I feel like there's a way to work this out. They've got to get George, George some recognition here. So if you're DJ Wilson, for instance, uh, yeah. I mean, and, and I don't think about this, like if they want to give DJ Wilson a ring, then whatever, do it. You know, Tori Craig, I think you're pushing the envelope a little too far. DJ Augustine, eh. But if you're those guys... I'm the type of person that I'm so stubborn. I would be like, I don't want your ring. Okay. I wasn't there. I wasn't a part of it. I don't want your ring. Like I, I just would flat out refuse. Especially if you're Tory Craig. But I, but I do think that I, my understanding is Tory Craig was always going to get a ring. Like every player who suits up for the year gets, gets a ring. So uh, I think that was, that was the stat. Like everybody was new to the finals on both teams. But Torrey Craig was the only one guaranteed to get a ring because he had played with the Bucks earlier in the season. So I think all those guys are getting something. I think they're all getting some sort of acknowledgement. DJ Augustine, DJ Wilson. I think everybody gets something, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know, man. I, I don't know about that one. You know, in, in Australian football, in the, in the professional league here, there's 22 players that play on the day. Uh, if they win the championship game, they'll all get medals. Uh, but if for the entire list, there's 45 players on a list or whatever, the guys that don't play on that day don't get a medal. It's always, <laughs> it's always been the case. Uh, I've always, that's what I've grown up with. I would agree. If I was on a list but I didn't play on the day, I don't want it. Uh, so, you know, maybe I'm in the, in the minority there. Tough scene, though, for Dante DiVincenzo in that case. He's rolling around on a scooter like, I helped you get here, guys. Mm-hmm. you got to give me something. Mm-hmm. you got to give me something. Uh, but yeah, I could. I guess I could see if you didn't. You didn't earn it on that day or whatever. I don't know. A bunch of bunch of Moseses leading people to the promised land, but not getting <laughs> to see the goods. That's tough. That's a tough scene. Well, Dante, that's a good point. In that scenario, he would miss out. That's cruel. Uh, he obviously deserves one. Was a big part of that. Uh, you know, looking forward to seeing him get back on the floor. Is there anything else we've left out here from your championship experience, uh, Jr.? Um, I. I I've said this a number of times, but I ended up, we're still, you know, locked down over here. Who knows what, when we're going to be able to do anything even slightly fun here. But I watched the, the whole playoff run basically in my apartment by myself. That's not how I pictured it. So I'm thriving off everyone's stories. It's, it's just, I don't think I'm ever going to uh, get over that. Yeah, it's, um, it was just so special. It was just so great to be at the center of the universe for a second for the sports universe. And, you know, in, in a way, Having not experienced this, I technically I experienced it when the Packers won the Super Bowl, but it it, it feels fleeting. Like you know, we we did move on to baseball, and there are other stories. And you know, th- three four weeks go by, and understandably, there isn't a lot of Bucks chatter anymore. And it's kind of like, can we still talk about it? Because like they won the championship, we should <laughs> yes. like be revel. Like we need to revel more in this. You know, we actually did get kind of lucky with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton going on to play in the Olympics. They were still top of mind. They were on TV. They won the gold medal. It just it just sort of kept it in our consciousness. Giannis was he was in Greece, but then he was like also at the state fair, and he was in Las Vegas, and he showed up at the mall last week. Like he's still staying in the consciousness, which is nice. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I love I love still thinking about it and talking about it. We got a book out, the Journal Sentinel, that mm-hmm. has 
a lot of stories from, from my colleagues, Jim Ozarski, Ben Steele, and Lori Nickel, and it's really cool. And, you know, we had a whole bunch of special sections that I keep leafing through from time to time. It was, it was uh, yeah, it's, it's something I just want to kind of keep living. And uh, it'll be nice when the season starts again in, man, in just like, what, a month and a half? We'll, uh, we'll already be moving on to a new season, but we'll, we'll get a little chance to revisit it with the, with the ring ceremony, the banner ceremony. I'm sure that'll elicit some of the same emotions uh, that, that we, got to, we got to visit here. God, it was just, just incredible that, like, that Drew Holiday play, like, is one of the great plays in NBA history, and it was authored by two members of the Milwaukee Bucks, right? Like, that will live forever. I listened to this podcast series from The Athletic, and, and they always are, it's one of the ads before the thing, like, like this iconic play with Drew Holiday, throw, you know, stealing the ball and throwing <laughs> the pass. Like, it's just, like, it's crazy that that's, that belongs to us, you know? Like, it's always somebody else who gets the plays. But now it's, it's, it's actually, it's Milwaukee. So uh, I'm going to be bathing in it as long as I possibly can. Yeah, it does seem unbelievable. Um, that's for sure that it is the Bucks. You're just so used to seeing other teams have those plays. Uh, before we wrap it up, I remind everyone about the Locked On Bets podcast. Uh, betting on the Brewers, let's say, the season's here. Even the Packers, they're about to get started. It doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the Locked On Bets podcast uh, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. And maybe our friend uh, Raheem, if he was listening to the Locked On Bets podcast, uh, if that was around in 2019, it might have been a total different story. So again, shout out to him. Glad he's okay. And, and JR, the, the one thing I'll say as we wrap this up, you mentioned the Journal Sentinel and the coverage you guys had throughout the postseason. And you'll know this, everything's digital these days, everything's online, but there's something just, just really cool about a newspaper. And, and the day after the championship, the front page, the back page, um, it was great. You guys did a fantastic job. Uh, it looked really cool. So just shout out to all you guys for the coverage you, you bring. I'm still a little old school. I like reading the newspaper. And, um, and obviously, it doesn't get any better than that if you're a sports fan. Yeah, and there was a lot of thought that went into like what – the titles were going to be, I mean, because that was the first thing people wanted to know after this thing. Like, how can I get my hands on a commemorative edition or, or the, that day's paper? A lot of people were asking, hey, they were out at my you know, local gas station. How can I get my hands on a Journal Sentinel? Uh, so that was a cool thing. Print, uh, print journalism, like everyone knows, isn't, you know, it's not the most popular thing in the world, but this is a rare occasion where it kind of, it does sort of rise back to the forefront. And uh, it is cool that people were turning to us for coverage and, um, it was, it was definitely a treat to be a small part of it. You know, my colleagues had a lot more to do with it than I did, but, uh, but it, was, it, was, it was pretty great. Jim Ozarski, first year on the beat, coming over from the Packers beat. He's going to go back to the Packers, like, man. Just leave, <laughs> yeah. it that, leave it at that. Right. Well, yeah, like drop the mic, baby. Walk away. You've done it. Uh, total uh, crazy schedule for him. He joins in, you know, like November, December. So the end of the Packers season, right in the Bucks season, basically had a year uh, where the guy basically had no vacation. But uh, it was, it's, it's pretty uh, – it was, it, was, it was cool to be a part of it. Cool to document a lot of it. And, uh, and I'm going to be holding on to my commemorative sections here for a while. One of them is getting, getting put in a frame as we speak. So I'm, uh, I'm putting it on my wall. I'm not, I'm not ashamed. That's cool. Let's, let's get it on a wall somewhere. And the podcast will be back. Uh, should we expect that? Yeah, that should be coming back soon. That should be coming back this month. Uh, Jim had a much-deserved month off here, month plus off, after all of the uh, the craziness of the, of the previous 365 days. So, uh, yeah, we got to get that get that up and running. The Bucks podcast. You can find that all in all of its normal the normal places. Uh, also at jsonline.com. 
And if you're into the Brewers, got the Brewers podcast humming every week. And uh, we're hitting the home stretch here. Got three more regular season weeks and then the good stuff. So uh, you can also find that in the same typical places. Well, I remember back in 2018, I guess it must have been inside the 2018-19 season, Fiserv Forum was opening up. The, the Deer District, which I don't think they were technically calling it, the Deer District then was going off for Brewers and postseason run that they were on. I got to go to a couple of games as well. It was a lot of fun. So uh, here's hoping the next month is going to be uh, pretty special in Milwaukee and uh, Wisconsin as well as the Brewers make a run. I've given up on the A's, so whatever. I'm on the bandwagon. Yeah. Let's, let's go, Brewers. Let's, let's, I, let's, I mean, let's the A's are not out of it. They're not out of it, but it is, it's been frustrating to be an A's fan. I've been, I've been keeping some tabs on that. It's, it's tough, but you know, Seattle's back in it, baby. Like, it's, it's still up for grabs, that second wild card spot. So don't give up hope yet. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's only, so many, there's only so many games you can watch where you lose in the ninth inning, you know, in a, in a, in a three-week span. It's been a little bit rough uh, for the A's. But this has been a lot of fun. Like I said, literally five minutes uh, warning and you were on here. No planning. I knew we didn't need to. We have no problem uh, uh, chatting, JR. But it's always a pleasure. I'm glad you're well. And uh, hopefully we can do this again uh, pretty soon. Sounds good, man. You know, you know where to find me. I'll talk to you then.